Hey everyone, welcome to Real Faith in Real World Conversations, based on a sermon series by Pastor Tim Gibb, lead pastor of Bethel Church in Sarnia, Ontario. In this podcast, you're going to hear a conversation every week as we discuss the message and how we are living out our faith in our world. It's meant to be helpful and encouraging, and more than anything, a way to get you thinking deeper about your own faith. So let's jump into this week's Real Faith Conversation. Welcome back, everyone, to our conversation. My name is Trisha, and I'm joined again today by Pastor Kirby, Pastor Dale, and Stephanie. And we are discussing the most recent message in our Real Faith in a Real World series. And today's message was on developing a biblical worldview. Now, I actually don't know that people give a lot of thought to what their worldview is, at least I don't, but we all do have a worldview, which is seen in our beliefs and then how those beliefs direct our behaviors. And in the message, Pastor Tim outlines seven popular worldviews. Now, you can listen to the message and you'll get an overview on all of them, but this is where I want to start today, because I just wonder, what worldview do you see as prevalent in our world today? And then how do you see that worldview affecting people's lives? In the seven that Pastor Tim uh, actually spoke, um, individualism is one that I connect with the most. Maybe not for me, but for the people around me on the world in which, and the culture that I'm living in. Mm. And especially the social media world, the uh, our young people, myself, even myself sometimes, I could see myself, uh, you know, not practicing this daily but I have moments where it's about me you know what about me it's about me I want this to happen for me and the me 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 kind of thing and and so I see this sometimes in myself so and I see it around around me as well individualism in our generation is it's uh, it's 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 big and it affects people's life in a way that we become self-centered that uh we become like um we reject even other people's, I mean, we're talking about opinions, uh, uh, um, taste for something. No, it's about me, mm-hmm. my success, my my growth. And well, yeah, that's, why I, that's how I see it. Yeah, I've seen that a lot too, definitely, where the me, 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 and also what can I get, what can I have? Mm-hmm. So fortunately, I grew up in a family where we didn't really have a lot. My, my father was a, a minister as well, so there wasn't a lot of money in our lives. So we didn't have a lot of stuff, but definitely the the principle that my parents wanted me to grow up in was it's not about the stuff, it's about people. So let's do things as a family. Where can we go and spend the least amount of money but hanging out with family? So I really grew up in that environment of family was very important. But uh, over the years, obviously, we've met people that love stuff. In fact, I've met some people who even have a, a storage unit for their extra stuff. So they don't have enough room in their house for their stuff, but they also have a storage unit that they rent every month to put their stuff in. And that just blows my mind. But I've actually met someone, and that person took me to their storage unit, and I was like, why? What do you need this for? Like, you don't have enough room in your house for all this stuff, so what's the point of having it? I mean, in my family, would have been like, let's sell it, or give it to Goodwill, or let's give it to someone that needs it. Let's not buy or rent a storage unit to store it in. And but even, I mean, TV has made that big too, right? They have those shows for hoarders and they teach or they show you what hoarders are doing in their homes and stuff. And it's about stuff. So why, why do we have to have that stuff? Like, uh, you know, being for us, for, our, uh, for my wife and I, we've been in missions now. So it's really taught me because I've lived in the world, or third world country, and uh, seeing what they don't have, 
but how much the, what they do have is, is treasure to them. Mm. And so that's what I've been learning over the past eight years anyway, is minimalist is really good. Mm. But sometimes in our world, we just have to have, have to have to make me feel better. Right. Um, Pastor Tim touched on this worldview of moral relativism. Relativism. <laughs> uh, I, so, yeah, this individualism, this living for stuff for sure. I see that um, this, this whole idea that you do what's right for you, I'll do what's right for me, and, and we'll just be happy that way. And I have seen this interesting thing happen in my kids' school where um, there's like this wide tolerance, like, yeah, you do you, and you believe in that, that's great, we celebrate you for that, and we celebrate you because you believe in that, and that's awesome. So in some ways, actually them living out their faith is like seen as cool, and like when I was a kid, it was like, oh, you're different, you're a loser, like you're an outcast. Oh, you believe in the Bible? Oh, that's for lame people. <laughs> So I feel like there's like this acceptance of, um, because there's this ethos that's just like, yep, your truth is good for you and my truth is good for me. So in some ways it's been a little easier for them to live out their faith. I think the real hard thing and actually the deception about it is that when everyone's okay with their own truth, it makes it really hard to say to somebody else, you know, like, well, I've got this thing that you need. Right. And so while I think that there's a comfort in this, um, uh, this idea of like, you know, we all have our own truth, we celebrate each other's truth in our culture, which I think is a win in some ways, but it also makes it really difficult, uh, you know, to share your faith or to really, um, you know, like I have something that you need, so to speak. Like I have Jesus in my life, and right. it's just like, yeah, that's cool. I'll cheer you on, but I don't really. That's, I don't need that for me. I see that a lot. It's a very interesting uh, turn of events. When I walk my kids to school, we stop and pray, and sometimes the kids' friends will join us on the walk to school. You know, and I'll just say to them, "Hey, do you guys want to? You know, we just say a quick prayer. You're welcome to join us. You know," and they'll be like, "Yeah." that's awesome that your family does that. It's like this interesting, my kids mm -hmm. get so embarrassed, <laughs> but their friends are like, that's sweet that your family does that. So that's nice. But it's just also like, like this celebrating of these individual differences makes it then difficult to, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, for people, it's like, well, that's your truth, but my truth is something different. Right. And I think that makes uh, maybe evangelism or bringing people to a place that you know, recognizing that they need Jesus difficult. Sorry, mm. I just talked a lot. I didn't. No, that's okay. <laughs> I think that with all these worldviews, and I'm not an expert on all of them, so maybe what I'm saying is about to be false. But as I was listening to Pastor Tim explain them, I was just thinking, like, for everyone and the worldview that they take on or the belief in the actions, it's because they're like seeking something. They're seeking fulfillment. They're seeking joy. They're seeking love. They're seeking purpose. Like they're seeking for something to be filled. Now, those of us who know Jesus, we know that our answer is found in Him. But for every one that they're seeking and they're trying to fill those things and right. I think like the saddest thing for me in all of this is that 
people apart from Jesus, we can seek in all different areas and we'll never be satisfied. We'll never, as you were saying, Pastor Dale, the example of someone who buys lots of stuff, it's because they're seeking, but it's never satisfied because Jesus is the only one that can satisfy. But we have to remember too, as believers, that just because we know Jesus and have Jesus doesn't mean that we can't get caught in these same traps as people who don't know him. But we have to like keep him as the center of our lives because it'd be very easy for us to slip into beliefs and behaviors that align with other world views. And we know that's not the answer. Now, for us who are part of this conversation, and probably for all of you, if not most of you who are listening, we desire to have a biblical worldview. So let's talk about the four points that Pastor Tim gave us for developing that worldview. He started by saying that we need to be a lover and a pursuer of truth. Now, we know that we pursue truth or that we learn truth by studying God's word, but I want to know, what does it mean to love the truth? For me, I think to love the truth is that you are willing to make the sacrifice for it. You're willing to make the sacrifice for it. You're willing to invest and make the hard choice to, to say no to other things that may brings you pleasure, mm-hmm. right? It brings yourself pleasure, but because of the love of the truth, you say, you know what, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to follow that because I love the truth. I love, in our case, the word of God. And, and I, I just got reminded with the verse when Jesus said, if you love me, you'll follow my commandment. You follow my words. If you love me, you'll obey me. You'll follow me. You'll, you'll rebuke everything else. And you'll follow the truth. Now, I, I, could, I, I just came to mind, like, my truth, like the truth of God. If Jesus will say, like, this is my truth, you follow my truth if you love this. And I will be, yes, you know, this is the sacrifice, the investment. I'm willing to get rid of stuff to follow that. Yeah. Mm. Before we can love the truth, I think we have to know the truth. Mm. And I think that's a, a great prayer for each and every one of us is to pray every day. Father, help me to hunger for that truth. Mm-hmm. Help me to thirst for that truth so that we, we would have that, that passion to seek the truth because we can't love the truth unless we know the truth. But we have to have that passion to seek the truth, find out what is the truth. And so that takes study. That takes uh, um, reading and researching. And so I think you have to have a passion for that, though, in order to do that. Otherwise, it'll become a chore where, oh, I guess I'll read the Word today and find out what God's Word says about some of these voids that we have in our life. But I think we need to pray and just ask God to give us a passion for that and a, a real desire to want to seek the truth and find out what it is. Mm. Then I think it's going to be natural for us to love the truth once we know. Mm. There's definitely some things that I've discovered in my journey of like getting to know the Bible that there's times when I read the Bible and I'm like, ouch, really? Like I can remember when I was a teenager and the first time I saw that uh, the Bible listed complaining and a list of sins with other very large in my world sins and I was like shoot (laughs) and for me like learning to love the truth means that I accept things that are even difficult for me like the the correction of complaining because it'd be easy for me just to study the truth and ignore the pieces that I don't want to apply to my life. But if I really love the truth, then I have to like adapt and, and take everything that the Bible says as true and real and something that I'm supposed to live by. So for me, it's, I love the truth, but I also recognize as I read the truth, it's a journey for me to love it so much that I want to apply all of it to my life. So I'm growing 
in that for sure. Uh, the second thing that Pastor Tim talked about was that we have to learn to discern what is false. And we, we all know that there's a lot of deception out in the world, but I think our challenge is that it's hidden under this disguise of truth. So how can we keep ourselves from being deceived? Well, I would offer that we keep ourselves from being deceived when we fill ourselves with truth. Um, that's, it's like, that's the other side of the coin. I was thinking of, when I read this question, um, I think it was Pastor Tim, maybe, that used the analogy of like, people who work in banks, they want them to be able to spot counterfeit dollars. So instead of studying the counterfeits, they study the truth, like they, they handle the real money a lot. Mm -hmm. They touch it, they feel it, they know what it looks like. And so when you know the real deal, it's easier to spot a counterfeit. If you're not solid on what is real, then it's easy to be deceived. Um, so I think we fill ourselves up with truth and then it's easier. I think when we know truth, even when we hear things, it's easier to sense a check in your spirit when something is not quite right. And Pastor Tim talked about having a spirit of discernment. When you're really solid on the things that are true, it's easier, I think, to hear the Holy Spirit and to recognize things that are counterfeit. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, I don't want to add nothing more. I think this is just amazing. But just to add value to what uh, Stephanie just said, it's being intentional about doing that. Mm. You know, being intentional about going ahead and practice touching uh, the paper, the money, study, t study that. So when you, when you get the false, like she said, I'm not too much repeated, but you recognize it. It's like hearing the voice of a person when you don't see it. Right, you heard that voice so much mm. that when you see, you know, he's like, "Oh, that's my wife. That's my daughter. Oh, that's my second daughter." Right? It, it, right away because you've you've studied and that you've heard it so much, and I just it's just being intentional at doing just that. Mm -hmm. For sure, so good. I think it's really good for us to remember, like we're supposed to be studiers of the truth. So. Uh, we're blessed at Bethel to sit under the teaching of our pastor, Pastor Tim, who does his work, who studies really well. But um, like if I'm preaching, I want people to go home and think for themselves about what I said. I want them to look it up in their Bible. Often, actually, when someone's preaching, um, I'll pull up. I don't know if I should be doing this or not, but... I already started this story, so let me just confess to you. I will pull up uh, a Bible software program on my phone while someone's preaching, and I'll look up what they're talking about in Absolutely. Greek or in Hebrew because I have a desire to study the word. So for all of you who are listening to people, don't let that be the only word that you're getting, but we each have the need to study the word for ourselves. If I, since we're talking about church ministry, if I can just throw this in there, um, that as, the, as a worship leader here in the church, it's very important to me and Caleb that we lead this ministry, that we sing things that are true. There is a lot of music out there. There is a lot of kind of crazy theology um, and I feel like you said, Trish, like what Pastor Tim studies, and when you guys bring the word, you really do diligence to speak truth. And I would just add that in the worship ministry, we are committed to singing things that are true. And it actually sometimes comes at a cost because there's lots of great music out there and people give me lots of great suggestions of songs. And there's lots of times where I just have to, like, I can't sing those things because 
People are going to wake up in the morning singing the songs that we sang in church yesterday. Those lyrics are going to be playing through their mind. And so I just, it's true. In ministry, we have to guard truth and take it very seriously that the things we present, um, you know, from the pulpit and in the church are true to God's word too. Mm -hmm, For sure. All right. The third thing Pastor Tim talked about was that we shouldn't be conformed, but be transformed. And the verse that he referenced was Romans 12, 2, that says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I want to know what's the difference between conforming and transforming? I think a lot of it has to do with the attitude. In my mind, anyway, conforming kind of means that you're doing what everyone else is doing. So you kind of, um, you just kind of do, you kind of go with the flow. You're doing what they're doing. Or maybe you might be a round peg trying to get into a square hole, though. But I think it's just, you're, it's more of a, an attitude where you're conforming because everyone else is doing it. Or transforming, I think it's more of an attitude of the heart. Where because we want to seek God's truth, because we want to live for him, we're going to be transformed. We're going to allow Jesus to, to uh, transform our heart, change us and from the inside out. And our attitudes, our actions, all of those things are going to reflect what's in our heart. So I think transforming is more of an attitude of, Jesus, I want to surrender. I want to live for you. I want to be like you. And so therefore, I'm going to allow you to transform my heart rather than whatever else is doing. Well, everyone else is in the church doing this, and I guess I have to do this. Or everyone else. So I think it's more of an attitude of, I don't want to conform. I want to be transformed. I want Jesus to change me from the inside out. I see the difference also in the realm of identity. You know, this is uh, don't uh, conforming is that you don't you conform to an identity that's been that you're seeing that has been given to you, but it's not yours. Transforming is that you. I mean, for again, for our case, it's more of you know we want to. Uh, be transformed from inside out with the truth of Christ, with the truth of, the, of, of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then we do not conform to this world. We have this identity in which that transform us. And then we become transforming agents for others. Now we're not conformers. We transform not only ourselves, but also the, the, uh, those people around us that conform to our culture today. So I see, you know, the difference between conforming and transforming is that that identity position that we are seeing and that we're deciding to have. Yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. The president of my Bible college, used to say to us all the time that we're not just here for information, we're here for transformation. And I mean, I was there, I paid a lot of money to sit in a classroom all day long to get information so I could have a piece of paper. But I loved his diligence to remind us that the word of God can just be information or if you partner with the Holy Spirit, it can transform who you are. And so I think that relationship with the Holy Spirit is so important so that we don't just read the Bible just to um, get the information, but that we truly allow it to transform as you were talking about your identity so you become the person that God is calling you to be. Mm -hmm. All right, last point was make God's kingdom your primary concern. Now, we know that verse that says that we're to seek first the kingdom of God, but what does that look like in regular daily life to make God's kingdom your primary concern? Um, For me, as a mom at home, doing the stay-at-home mom thing, um, it means that um, it means engaging my kids in spiritual conversations when I would rather not be. 
I'd rather hide in my room and watch Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of confessions going on on this podcast today. (laughs) But it's just like, no, God, you have given me these kids and I am raising them as your disciples. I know they have to choose you, but I need to steer them in the right direction. So at times where I would rather maybe check out and rather do my own thing. Um, it's like, no, I need to engage them. I, I, you know, it's on the way to school, um, having intentional, um, conversations, finding teachable moments to not preach at them, but just make the kingdom of God a part of our daily life. Like it's just what we do. It's what we talk about. It's what we meditate on when we are out and about in our world. So for me, it means being very intentional about, um, having spiritual conversations in our home, um, you know, with our kids and between Caleb and I. That's one, that's one way that I enact that in my life, I think of. I, I don't want to sound individualist, but, <laughs> but there's one thing that the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his lifestyle, and then everything, you got, you're going to have everything you need, right? Now, Again, without being individualist, we all have need. And I know God, and I know that if I pray and I say, Lord, I, I, for me, in a, in, a, in a daily, I said, Lord, what can I do for your kingdom today? Mm-hmm. Why can, I'm a, I'm a, I have, a, have this philosophy about the kingdom of God. I'm a man of the kingdom. I'm, a, yeah. I'm in a kingdom couple, a kingdom marriage. I want to raise kingdom kids. I have this in my mind for years. And I said, God, I want to be a man of the kingdom. Yeah. And everything I do say or everywhere I go, I expand your kingdom. So for me, that's daily. How can I expand your kingdom today? Is it, is it in my social media page? Is it, is it in my family? Is it in my neighbor today? Uh, knowing that doing so, you provide for everything that I need, yeah. right? Because at the end of the day, I need you. I need this. I need that. I want this. I want that, right? But I want to care about your concern first, right? right? I want to think about you first because I know if I put you first, then, then I know that I get, I, get the, I get to reap the rewards of that. Right. Yeah. Totally. I agree with all of that. Being aware, mm-hmm. just watching around us and being aware and having Christ speak to us and, and being aware of his spirit and just being obedient and saying, yes, Jesus, I hear your voice and I'm going to do that. Uh, there, there's a TV show that I love. It's called New Amsterdam. And the, the doctor there is trying to make a change in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And his phrase is all the time to the nurses, to the to the administration staff, everybody, doctors, surgeon, whoever it is, his phrase is always, how can I serve you today? And uh, that TV show has actually impacted my life because that's, that's something I want to be able to say mm-hmm. every day, wherever I'm going, how can I serve you today? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we t- t- can, you got, you're saying it so well that we so easily compartmentalize um, you know, our spiritual life. But like the kingdom of God is very big. It's very broad. It's wherever God's rule and reign is. And it intersects with every part of our life. Like from our, our internal attitudes to the things that we do, you know, the chores that we need to do or going out to get groceries or going to work. It, the kingdom of God encompasses all of that. So I love what you guys are just saying that you're uh, aware of like, Lord, like this is, you know, untapped for me today. So how are you going to use me? How, do, how can I keep my awareness of your spirit as I carry about my business today? Um, it's, it's thinking of the kingdom of God as a very big and broad. It's not narrow. It's very wide and all-encompassing. Yeah. 
And it often comes down to very simple, basic things, which I think relates back to when we talked about real faith loves your neighbor. Yeah. Like it's just the simple everyday things when you're getting your coffee, when you're interacting with your next door neighbor, when you're doing all the normal things of life that you're still being mindful that I want to have a biblical worldview that lives the truth that I believe, that it changes the way that I act and interact with people. So. So great. Um, so let me give you one last confession today as we end this podcast. I was really challenged in my own heart as Pastor Tim was preaching to evaluate the way that I live my life and um, to think and to see what worldview my life aligns with. And in all honesty, I want to live with a biblical worldview. I know that God's truth is the truth that I cling to, but my question as Pastor Tim was preaching was does my daily life, do my priorities, do my actions, how I spend my money, the things that I value, do they align with a biblical worldview or do I see other things like materialism or individualism sleeping into my beliefs? So as we close this conversation, I wanna ask all of us the question that honestly I'm asking myself today and that is does your real life align with a biblical worldview? And if there are areas that align with a more different worldview, what truth do you, do I need to seek and cling to so that your belief and actions align with God's word? As always, these messages in this Real Faith in a Real World series are meant to help us live in our real world with a faith that is truly real and effective. And we want you to know that we're praying for you, that this week as you pursue truth and seek God's kingdom, that you will see your real faith working in this real world.